0: Welcome to The Paradigm Concept, hosted by myself, Dr. David Rawlis, CEO of Paradigm Oral Health. The Paradigm Concept will feature leaders and innovators in the healthcare industry, in particular dentistry, to help you find new, efficient, and innovative ways to build a world-class practice and deliver better patient care. At Paradigm Oral Health, we're all about shaping the future of our specialty, with a focus on putting the needs of the patient first. Learn more and subscribe today at ParadigmOralHealth.com. Hi, this is David Rallis, CEO of Paradigm Oral Health. I'm joined today by Dr. Michael Shapiro of Ohio Dental Implants and Oral Surgery. He's a partner of mine in Paradigm, and I've had a pleasure getting to know him and learn from him and build the business together. Mike is one of the brightest guys I know. I feel like when we talk, we sometimes can finish each other's sentences thinking about practice philosophies. So I'm really excited to talk with you today and hear your story and how you think about the future. So. My thought is we'd talk a little bit about your background, how your practice has developed, your plans for the future of your practice, and how things have gone, partnering together, and how you see the future of oral surgery. So if that sounds like a good plan, we can get started.
1: Thanks for having me on the podcast, David. I'm really excited to be here. Totally agree. I feel like we finish each other's sentences. But yeah, basically, I got out of residency like everyone else, and I just joined as an associate with a large group. and. There was an older doc, so it was kind of a weird setup. We were a group practice, but there was like five different locations and five different surgeons, so everyone had their own spot. And there was one older guy in my location, and he was on his way out, and I was kind of on the way in. So after a year, I just became a partner in the group. And then a little bit after that, I just owned the whole thing. And then I just felt like I couldn't really grow anymore. I needed help. And in came Mark Jessen, my mentor in life. And he told me that I needed to join Paradigm or he's never talking to me ever again. I said, "Okay, I'll check this out. And then I met David Rallis and then I was sold. One of the best decisions I ever made was becoming a part of this fantastic array of talent that we have here.
0: The culture has been infectious. You've recruited lots of friends and I think we have a great time together. You joined a group, but it seemed like it was a bit of a de novo and that you really developed your own location or at least kind of appeared that way. And you have a lot of entrepreneurial drive. It seems like tell me about your background. How did you grow up and how did you develop that skill set? because it's something that I think a lot of people don't have.
1: It's a good question. I think I was in a band actually, for many years. It was an, a Jewish alternative rock band, and we toured the country. We went international. We put out a bunch of CDs, and we got like pretty famous for like a time during my college years and like a little bit after that, during like when I was in dental school. And so, I got to see lots of cool people and cool stuff. And whenever we would go anywhere, we would always be hosted by like the richest guy in the community. And it was just like, how'd you do this? And it was never (laughs) like, oh, I'm a doctor ever. It was always, I had this idea in business or I'm in real estate or I'm a developer. So I put that in my pocket. And I mean, I knew I was gonna be an oral surgeon, but I was just always thinking oral surgery is not the way It's just like one dimension of the bigger picture. And that the most important part of the picture is being an entrepreneur and uh, trying to grow and just trying to figure out what is everyone else missing. That kind of helped me in my specific practice when I just kind of looked around and everyone around was very complacent with what they were doing. And I was just like, there's so much here that no one's caring about. And so I went into the mode of thinking about What can I do to differentiate myself and my practice here in Ohio? And no one was using technology here at all. They were just kind of like throwing implants in, which is okay. It gets the job done, but just decided to be an entrepreneur, take a chance. And I, at the time, invested a lot of money in technology and learned how to do it and changed my whole practice around. And we started doing everything using the digital platform and digital scanning and 3D printing. And the next thing you know, we're doing like 100 implants a
0: month i love that story about the alternative rock band do chad and mark know about that
1: i don't think so i don't think i ever shared that
0: we need to pull some old footage out and take a look yeah
1: i mean if you go on youtube if you just write our name in there you'll see tons of my videos from when i was a younger guy what did you play i was the electric guitarist like the lead guitar player and i would sing on occasion
0: oh wow that's awesome I love the idea of taking eclectic backgrounds or building off experiences and you know there's a lot of books and things about that. So it's amazing that you translated that experience, you know, I don't think anyone would naturally think about alternative music and oral surgery. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I love thinking outside the box, completely unconventional. It's ironic how you can find things to impact your practice and patient care like beyond just cutting and suturing. That's sort of like a requisite. You've got to be great at that, but what else can you do to figure out how you can make things better for patients. And it seems like you've really done that in your practice. I was impressed by your front office staff and the organization that you had and you know there were schedules on the wall and all the way through to how you develop your guides and all the digital workflow. So what's been the biggest challenges or over the past several years as that has all developed?
1: The challenge has been getting other dentists to change the way that they do things because we've got this really great product and I want you guys to use it. For example, like for when we place an implant in the front of the mouth, the anterior aesthetic zone, and we can scan that now with the technology and then get a tooth for the patient the very next day where before they would have to wait for three months before they have to wear like a partial removable denture to fill the gap or something. You would think that would be very exciting to tell a dentist like, hey, like we've got this tech and we're going to scan the implant. The next thing you know, your patient's going to have a tooth. But they're just like, wait a minute, I don't know how to use this. I'm not sure if it's going to fit well. You know, the flippers always work great, et cetera. So the hardest part has always been getting people to drink the Kool Aid. But once they eventually do, and Scott talks about this a lot, you just got to convince them to try it. And as soon as you can get in the door and get them to just try it once or twice, they get hooked really quickly. And I have found that to be the case. The hardest part is just to get, people to try.
0: Something I still remember when I first met you, I think we were talking about using digital workflow or guides or something. And it was some term you'd used, but talking about how you always have to do everything the best, regardless of whatever you do. You just couldn't sleep well at night unless you did everything the best for a patient. And that's what drove a lot of your digital planning and things, irrespective of dollars and cents or anything else. First, make sure you do the absolute best work. I don't remember what you (laughs) described, but it stuck with me.
1: I think that's more a reflection of my personality. In other words, when I place an implant and it looks beautifully restorable, but if the x-ray doesn't match the clinical picture, like I get physically upset about it. My staff will like hide the x-ray from me. They don't show it to him. Just get the patient out of here because I'll take out the implant and do it all over again. Even though it was perfectly restorable the first time, but it's just, I don't know, maybe I have OCD. I'm not sure exactly what that clinical issue is, but I just really want things to be 100% perfect so that I can be better than Mark Jessen in every possible way. <laughs> but, I mean, Because Mark is like a human CT guide. Everything he does is literally perfect, and it drives me bonkers knowing that that exists, so I have to try to emulate it as best I can. But in all seriousness, It's really important for me for the doctor that's, you know, on the other end of the treatment to know that every time they're sending me a patient, they can count on me to give them the best possible outcome so that they don't have to worry, I'm sending you to the oral surgeon and I hope he does a good job. It's no, I'm sending you to the oral surgeon and you're gonna get the best possible outcome you can get every single time. And the dentists are very, very comfortable and the patients are very accepting and they're excited about doing the treatment because they've heard about all the previous success stories and it's all about getting it perfect every time.
0: Yeah, I think that's a trait that seems to be very pervasive. You know, I think last night on our call, the leadership committee, you get that sense out of, I think, everyone in our group and the performance that they all have. I think that's a trait of really high-performing individuals that just don't settle for anything but perfection. And I feel like the more history you have, the further you get along in your practice and the more you've built, the more you have at stake. And it becomes very easy to become more and more obsessed well, we've done it so long and for so well, and we can't fail now. And imperfection just becomes less and less of an option. The further you get along kind of like residency, it's like each year you have more and more to lose. Totally
1: true. 100% true. That's exactly right. And then now I'm bringing on a good buddy of mine to join the practice pretty soon. And like I'm telling him, I'm like, I hope you're getting really, really good at implants. I hope that every implant that you're placing, you're looking at the x ray and you're learning about everything. Because if not, I'm gonna be sitting right next to you pointing out all the mistakes every single time. If it's important to me, it's important to every paradigm surgeon that we have. And of course he'll be ready. But he'll be excited to join the same mentality.
0: I feel like, you know, you joining the Paradigm Club has been awesome in so many ways. You provide for growth, you know, of your practice and brought lots of other people to the platform. But From my perspective, the integration has been really well thought out and smooth, and I think you already added another doctor that's going to be joining and developing real estate to open a new site and things. So maybe talk about how you've rebranded, created a whole new marketing approach and things. So maybe talk about all of that.
1: So Paradigm was really tremendous. When I joined Paradigm, I had to rebrand because I was leaving my old group, and I really had never branded anything before and so kirsten the marketing head or the director of marketing and you actually i don't know if you remember this david that sunday you had texted me like 40 different names for the new practice i sent you like no 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 like no you can't do it like no i don't like this word i think as much as i'm a perfectionist you're like 10 times to the 10th power of like every little detail because like by the time we were done and we settled on the new name it was Ohio Dental Implants and Oral Surgery, not Ohio Oral Surgery and Dental Implants. The dental implants had to go first. And it was literally like an unbelievable organic creation of this new brand. And then immediately, Kirsten sent the options for logos and it was so beautiful. Like they did such an incredible job on the color scheme and the design and how quickly they put it all together was really amazing. And then Kamala, Another amazing person at Paradigm helped put together this unbelievable new brand launch event where we got like swag, like sweatshirts with our new logo. And we got, what do you call them? Like those cups that like keep the temperature, I forget. But also with our logo on it, we had a raffles and 200 people came to the the Indians game. And by the time we were done launching the brand, everyone was so excited about the brand. And we saw immediate. Results like after we launched the new brand. And also, I forgot to mention, we also launched a brand new website. And Paradigm, even before I joined with Paradigm, they had already started working on it for me. I could have left and be like, hey guys, just kidding. Paradigm was like, no, listen, we trust you and we want to get a head start on this. We're all about growth and we're all about making things happen. That's exactly what happened. They built the most incredible website. If you guys go on it, it's ohiodios.com. You'll see videos and high quality photography and the high level videography and the testimonials and the flow and everything about it was perfect. And when we launched and we got new letterhead too, which we had our branding and everything on it. When we launched within, I would say three, four weeks, we were getting 20% more appointment calls. We were getting referrals from doctors we never even heard of before. That was one of the many things that Paradigm did right off the bat, when I joined to really help my practice. I mean, they've done so many other great things, but the rebrand and the marketing that was really spearheaded by Paradigm totally changed the game for us.
0: Starting on the new location or the second location was kind of exciting. I mean, how you found such a great site and were able to purchase that and how that's coming to fruition and the design. I think it's going to be one of the best designs you've ever done.
1: It's interesting because, I don't know if you remember this, David, but we brought this idea up two weeks after I joined Paradigm. I was just like, David, like, we should consider a new location. And then I think my friend had already signed a contract with Paradigm, so the next thing I know in my email, I haven't even gotten paid yet from Paradigm. <laughs> and the next thing I know, we're getting an email of like eight different possible locations, traffic studies and potential income and all this unbelievable data. I don't know how they put it together so detailed and so quick. And then, lo and behold, we found this big 4,300-square-foot, 18-year-old construction, a bank that had shut down with 25 parking spots, standalone. And we figured out Paradigm has this company that they use for the architecture. And we closed on the building, which was really exciting. And then the next thing I know, the whole thing is totally drawn. Obviously, you were very involved in putting in all your ideas. And Mark was involved. And Chad was involved. And by the time we were done with we had, like you said, like the really the most beautiful layout I could have imagined with six operatories, two consult rooms, and a very nice large sterilization area, and a large conference room and a lab for all of our technology. And it goes on and on. And it's all happening so quickly because we're all about growth here. So we don't take our time and you know, eventually we're gonna get to it. It's like, no, no, no. We have an idea, we have paradigms whole operation behind us and we're just flying. And I'm honestly so excited. I can't wait to get in the new place.
0: My background was in construction. My parents had a construction business. So I grew up around building things and designing things. And most of my time was spent doing not glamorous stuff like cleaning up construction sites, but really like that part of it and thinking about the design form meets function. You know, How do we want to make it so that patients feel private, but comfortable and I love how you mentioned the sterilization because, you know, one of our principles is like, we don't cut corners. And like I tell my nine-year-old, what do you do when no one else is looking? And he says, we and And <laughs> he's like trained to do this. But sterilization is not the fancy part or exciting part about things that we do, but it's so, so important. That's an area we invest in that no one ever really sees. I like how we've set them up as more of like an ASC type sterilization with clean and dirty so that there's plenty of space. And. Everything about the design, I think, is going to be awesome and really finished nice. looks like totally gutted it. The videos you sent there, they're cutting all the concrete and everything now.
1: Drywall is going in Thursday.
0: Nice, nice.
1: They're moving at blazing speed
0: in addition to the construction part of it and all, I mean, obviously we've recruited a top-notch surgeon, construction, all that stuff takes a lot of work. But I think the really critical part is implementing the processes. And today is the smallest your practice will ever be. And, you know, right now you can yell down the hall and talk to somebody. So I think as you have to build a team and communication channels and assure that the same quality and standards are being upheld When you're not there, and probably it's much of that is training your partner. And you guys are obviously super like-minded. But as time goes on, and you add more and more doctors, really being able to work synergistically and express your vision and get everyone to follow within your practice. So, what do you think about adding team members, and how will that all go, and how you manage it? I I know that's something you'll love, but what are your thoughts on that?
1: Adding team members is actually really difficult for me. I know I seem like I'm an outgoing guy, and I like to hang out and schmooze, but because I guess of my like perfection, I don't know the the right word, but I'm very used to what I really like. My habit and my routine is like very, very, very organized. And so when someone new comes through the doors and they have experience, it's actually the worst when they have experience. Someone comes in like, oh, I've worked for a normal surgeon. I'm like, no, that's terrible. So now like they're like grabbing certain instruments. Like, no, I take that myself. They want to cut the suture. They're like, no, 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 I like to do that. Just a little small thing. So actually adding on staff for me is actually challenging. But luckily, my staff preps them ahead of time and tells them like, hey, Dr. Shapiro likes A, B, C, D, E, F, G, does not like X, Y, Z. After a couple of weeks, they're usually very good. And then once we're comfortable with each other, then it's like really fun. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but we prank each other a lot at the
0: office.
1: (laughs) There's, There's a lot of pranking going on one of the girls will like put on like a scary mask and hide it in the tank rooms like, so <laughs> to go change the tanks and we'll hear like a scream like once a week you know we, we like, like to have a good time and, that's great and keep it fun we just got a new assistant actually recently and today she said at work she was like it's so nice to come to work to a place where the people are happy and smiling and having a good time and you're allowed to have fun and that's what makes your practice productive, in my opinion, is it's because we're working really, really hard and really fast paced. And I could be pushing a little bit to you know, keep moving. But as long as everyone is having a good time, we're joking around between cases and stuff, everyone's fine. Everyone's happy with it. The same's going to be when we bring on more doctors. It's not serious. What we're doing is very serious and we have to provide for excellent outcomes. But it's not only about that. You got to have fun. You got to have a good time and be the best at the same time.
0: I think with adding a new surgeon to your practice, something that I've kind of learned and maybe be a little bit of a challenge, it probably is for me. You definitely have to compromise. No one's going to cut suture the same way or use the exact same instruments. And when you kind of have a very defined perfectionist way of doing things that can sometimes be a little bit hard to accept. That's something I've kind of <laughs> had to learn is how do you have sort of the framework so that you're all working within the same boundaries, but compromising on certain things so that everyone's just comfortable with how they do things. And sometimes it's like completely nonsensical. You're like, I can't possibly understand why you would do something this way. It's just not right. But I think it's, it's also kind of figuring out like, well, no, that's not wrong. It's just kind of different. But it's still definitely within the bounds of what we're working towards.
1: I feel that way about Mark Justin every time he posts a <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, you're
1: planning everything digitally. You've done all the work. Now just press print.
0: I think the way that Mark does that is that digital setup is done by his lab and things. And that's like a perfect example of differences. Like, if you watch Mark do it, you can't imagine doing it better when you go watch him do those yes, cases.
1: I know. I agree. He is a human CT guided machine. It's just painful. Watching Mark is like watching like Da Vinci Paint, the Mona Lisa. But otherwise, what I really mean is that there are many surgeons out there, and I really believe this very, very, very strongly. And I get into heated debates with people about this all day long. People always say to me, I can do it just as good as a guide. So I don't need a guide because I can do it just as well without the guide. And so I say, okay, well, great. So that's wonderful. So you're just as good as the technology that we have available to ensure that you never make a mistake and you can do it much faster and you can provide for the planned restoration and the ends just continue. So yes, it's very possible that you can be just as good. And I've heard people say guides are for bad surgeons. I might've heard the person that I'm talking to on this podcast say that once or twice, but
0: (laughs) I feel like I have been a big fan of guides and Pioneering in the early days with them, but I think there's places in regards to full arch where it, it's hard to. I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt you to have the guide available, but there's situations where I think you lose some flexibility, and when you're depending on like a bone borne guide versus a tooth-born guide, it can be a little bit challenging, sometimes.
1: For full arch, I don't think the guide is nearly as important. I would totally say that that's true, and that freehanding a full arch is way faster. And free-ending a full arch is going to give you just as good of a result. I will not argue on that. But that is not what I mean. I am talking about cases that you have, like when you need to put in one implant between two teeth and it's kicking a field goal. And most people are like, oh, I can, I can put that implant in there. No problem. And I get where you're coming from. I believe you. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure that you're an excellent surgeon and you don't need the guide. At the same time, if you try the guide, you'll never go back. Because you'll finish your case in three minutes from start to finish. Your patient will not need a flap, and your patient will tell you and tell a dentist you won't believe it. I was in and out of there in five minutes. I had no pain afterwards, and it came out perfect. And the dentist's like, "Yeah, this is what it is every single time." I feel very passionate about this.
0: No, I, I completely understand what you're saying in those scenarios. Yeah, for sure, I use plenty of guides. You know, I'm placing implants at six and eight or something like that. Like absolutely, I love guides for spacing and. Sometimes for full arch, I just I'm not a huge fan of bone board guides because I don't like to strip off as much tissue. And I've just I've had experiences where I didn't feel like I could depend on a bone borne guide as well. I've certainly used tons of them. I'm not dogmatic about it at all. Sometimes there's other dynamics to it. Most of them I think are in regards to full arch when you're stripping additional tissue and it's taking you longer and things in certain situations where you don't want that. But I'm not dogmatic about it at all. And I appreciate what you're saying. That's a very good point. I'll let you and Mark sidebar (laughs) on that. (laughs) But I think you're both two great examples. We should do like a point-counterpoint debate between you and Mark. That would be pretty Uh, hilarious. We should do that for a podcast, just for humor (laughs) alone. Maybe Chad could moderate it.
1: Oh, that would be great. If Chad moderates it, though, then he let Mark win. I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) What's next in your practice? What do you think is on the horizon for technology or what are you interested in?
1: Next, I just see a lot of continued growth in the tech world. I'm really excited about hopefully trying to get an ICAM or whatever the equivalent will be with the scan bodies and starting to print restorations for full arch patients. Currently, we're doing that outsourced at our local lab. I really can't wait for that. It's going to save us money. It's going to give us superior outcomes. So Just continued learning in the tech field and obviously from you and all the great folks that are always trying to research the very latest, highest ends, things that we can incorporate into our practice and then just continued growth. And currently we're in one area of Cleveland, but with this new location, we're really spreading our wings a lot. And I'm really looking forward to when the new doc gets here in about a year from now, widening our base and hopefully adding more doctors and just growing and growing. That's really the plan.
0: I know you guys are going to just continue to explode, excited to see it. And I think additionally, just all the additional partners that you've helped bring to Paradigm have just been world-class people. So I appreciate all that. And any more you can do, I would appreciate as well.
1: We're trying. (laughs) As long as I'm further market that, that's all I really need.
0: Thank you for being on the show. This has been a blast as always. And I think next time, maybe we can have some live music followed by a debate with you and Jess. And... <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was a good plan, David.
0: Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to The Paradigm Concept, brought to you by Paradigm Oral Health, an organization led and owned by surgeons passionate about shaping the future of our specialty and ensuring the needs of the patient come first. Learn more and subscribe to the show at paradigmhealth.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on The Paradigm Concept.